Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you guys doing today? Good? Let's get it for Jesus in this house this morning, man. We just so grateful for his presence today. And uh, man, we are, we are in our detox series and uh, part three today. Man, we are just pumped and I am excited and we're going to jump straight in. And if you were here with us last week, I, uh, I gave you a glimpse into my life, right? And I told you about a personal struggle that I was having with Dunkin' Donuts donut fries. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like I was just, it's, it's a real thing that I'm going through right now. And on Monday, I posted a picture on Facebook, on my social media, and I was like, my last one for a while, right? So I was just saying like, this, I'm, I'm not gonna do it for a little bit. I gotta, I gotta detox these donut fries. Y'all know what I'm saying? And so, uh, so I, I had to go to Target for my wife, first of all. Step one of the problem, going to Target for your wife, all right? So, fellas, it's a lose-lose game. I'm letting you know right now, okay? And so uh, I walk into Target, and they change Target way too often, man, because things are moving around. I can't find myself, let alone what I'm looking for. And, and so I'm, I'm walking through Target, and the enemy has set a plan in motion for me. I want you to know, all right? And how many of y'all know that sometimes you just got to say, not today, Satan. Come on, where y'all at? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Not, not, not today, devil but I found myself under attack. So I took a picture of it. I wanted to let you guys in. I stumbled my way into the candy aisle of Target. You know, and these Reese's, I could feel the, the enemy, demonic, just pick me, pick me. I said, no. But yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Hashtag get behind me, Satan. Hashtag not today, devil. Okay, so anyways, that ain't got nothing to do with what I'm talking about today, but I just wanted to let y'all know that I'm with y'all trying to detox our spirits, okay? So, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's move forward. Detox, okay? So, but I, I wanted to give you a glance. How many guys have, have, have you, maybe some of you have traveled with someone of like an, of notoriety or you've seen a movie where someone who's traveled with someone of, of kind of notoriety. And I, I remember I was about 18 years old. I was new in the ministry and, and I went with Pastor Dan. We flew to New York. Well, we flew to New Jersey and we were going to be in New Jersey and New York. And for some of you that don't know, Pastor Dan, um, outside, of, both in Pensacola, but outside of Pensacola, sometimes, sometimes you're not as well received in your own city as you are in other places. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like Jesus had a hard time in Jerusalem. You feel what I'm saying? So don't expect your own family to see in you what other people see in you. You can just write that down and include that in your back pocket for a while. But I remember traveling with him to, to New Jersey and we get off the plane and there's a guy standing there with a sign that says Dan Livingston. Oh, I said, Pastor Dan Livingston. And I thought to myself, this is the first time this has ever happened to me. And I was like, My, man, we, that we are somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking Like, this is it. We have, we have arrived. And so I get off the plane and I was like, man, that's, that's really cool. And so we, we make our way to the baggage claim. And, and so uh, Pastor Dan is there and Pastor Dan, like he ain't no big guy, but he ain't no small fry either. You know what I mean? So he can handle himself. And I have never been small a day in my life. So, um, so we're, we got our luggage. And, and, but the guy picking us up is like five, eight, 190 pounds on a good day. You know what I'm talking about? And so he grabs our suitcases and our bags. He's got all four by himself. And I was like, hey, man, I mean, I could carry that if you, and he's like, no. He's like, I have to carry it for you. And I was like, yeah, 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 but it's heavy. I know what's in it. I packed it. Like, that's a heavy bag. <laughs> like, I'll carry it. Matter of fact, it's got wheels. I'll just roll it, you know, like, it's not a big deal. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, if my, if, if Pastor Joe, 
is that if pastor knew that I let you carry your bags, I'll get fired. I thought to myself, that's peculiar. But nonetheless, he was like, no, I have to carry this. You can't. And today, we'll come back to that story in a few minutes, but I want to talk to you about heaviness. Because I believe that all of us deal with heaviness in our life. I believe four things create heaviness. Number one is circumstances. How many guys have gone through circumstances in your life where it made your spirit feel heavy? Like you were just like, like, man, you're constantly tired and everything feels heavy. So I believe circumstances do it. I believe people can make us feel heavy. Come on, like how many of y'all know some people? Every time you get around them, you feel heavy. I believe there are environments that make us feel heavy. Where every time we get in that particular environment, we feel heavy. And then last but not least, the thing that I think makes us feel the heaviest, Chinese buffets. Come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You walk out of there feeling like, good grief. Can I get a hammock at work? Okay. Let's take away the fourth one for the sake of being serious. How many guys know that heaviness oftentimes follows us in our life? And quite frankly, we're not looking for it. And it tends to have a way of finding us more than us finding it. And today I want to talk to you about dealing with our heaviness and detoxing heaviness out of our system. Let's get into it today. Let's have a look at what is the definition of detox? We looked at it last week, but I want to go ahead and give it to you again. Detox is the removal of toxic substances from a living organism. And we are the living organisms, but it's time that we remove toxic substances from our life, right? And so today, I want to talk to you about heaviness. We're going to jump to Hebrews 12.1. It's kind of where we're starting today. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Guys, Today, we're going to talk about stripping off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Can I tell you something today? Jesus has destined for you a plan and a purpose to fulfill. You being here today is not an accident. And I pray that you're encouraged today by the idea that where you are in life hasn't caught God off guard. As a matter of fact, he has a purpose to take you from where you are to exactly where he needs you to be to fulfill the call of God on your life today. And so today we want to talk about removing heaviness. And so when we detox, like when we physically do a detox, One of the things that has to happen is in our body, we get metals, mercury and some of these other metals. They get into our system through the foods we eat and the water we drink and just all those things. And at some point in the detox of our body, what we have to do is break down those metals so that we can get them out of our system. But here's what oftentimes happens. We break the metals down in our body, but we never get them out. I believe the same thing happens in our spirit. Sometimes we break the heaviness that we're going through, but we never move the heaviness out of our spirit. How many guys have ever been walking through life and, and you're, you're walking through your relationship with the Lord and, and you encounter, like, things are heavy, your spirit is heavy, you're exhausted, you're tired, like, and, and you feel like you just can't get anywhere. And sometimes it even feels like there's a glass ceiling above you in your relationship with the Lord, like your prayers are going unanswered, you don't even know if he hears you anymore. So now you're, you're going through all of this and, and what's happening is we're allowing heaviness into our, our spirit 
And as that heaviness gets into our spirit, sometimes we'll get those what I call mini breakthroughs. How many guys, you have that weeping session at the altar or God meets you in your car and you cry and you feel better and it breaks up some of that heaviness. But if we don't get the heaviness out, then it ends up slowing us down. And today we want to talk about some heaviness absorbers, things that will absorb our heaviness so that we can get them out of our system. All right, and we want to focus on three of those today. The first one that I want you to know about is the power of praise. The power of praise in our life. And for some of us, this is a, a, a lost notion because we haven't quite grabbed a hold of the purpose of praise and of worship yet. We, we think that praise is the first two songs we sing in our church service, right? But praise is actually our, both our verbal and our life presenting to God our gratefulness for everything he's done in our life and everything that he is and who he is. And that God in, in his infinite wisdom loved us so much that in our desperate Desperate need for mercy. How many guys have blown it before? You messed up. Sin has gotten a hold of your life, right? And, and you, you've gone down roads you know you shouldn't have gone down. And you've done some things you know you shouldn't have done. And, and even if you've never been an, an addict or, or you've never gone to those extents, all of us recognize that we needed God to step into our life at some point. And no matter where we are and no matter where we were, when God stepped in, he rearranged our spirit. He rearranged our life so that we have an opportunity to spend eternity with him in heaven. And there is a power that comes from praise so that when we look at God, despite our circumstances and despite what we're going through and despite our pain and our struggles, our praise puts us in a position to acknowledge that this heaviness that exists because of what you're going through and what you have been going through. And some of you, your struggle is years or decades old. Can I tell you something today? That regardless of what you're going through, yes, it matters. Yes, it's heavy. Yes, it hurts. But when you can learn to praise God in the midst of your pain, it will connect you to your purpose. Pain never makes sense until you're at the end of it. And some of us, we, we, we wanna wait till we're through our circumstances to praise God because we're through them. And what God is looking for is for us to praise him in our circumstances so that we can get through them. Anybody know some negative people? Anybody know negative people, right? Y'all know negative people, right? Negative Nancys. Anybody got some sister sandpapers rubbing everyone the wrong way? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Just and man, but most of the time, if you talk to some of them, you'll find out the reason they are the way they are is because they never got through their circumstances. They've always been stuck in them. And the reason why is they become more, they become more connected to talking about how bad things are than praising God in the middle of how bad things are. Listen, I can talk about the goodness of God even in the midst of my pain. I can talk about the mercy of Jesus and how the cross has created an opportunity for eternity, even in spite of the pain and the reality of my current state. Where you are today does not dictate your ability to praise God about tomorrow. And so we have to learn the power of praise. When, and so, and this is a very practical sermon, guys, because these are things I want you to I want you to bring them into your life. Tomorrow, you're going to come face to face with that coworker that drives you crazy. 
the one that you look at yourself and go, how do they still work here? <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about? All y'all can picture him right now. And you know what you're going to do? God, I thank you for giving me this job. I, I'm, I'm not, wor- not going to worry about them anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm praising you for who you are in my life today. I'm not, I'm not going to start speaking because we'll become connected to the negativity of what surrounds us and we'll lose track of the praise of who's in us. Come on, somebody. We, we got to start connecting to who Jesus is in us and not let our circumstances, our surroundings, our environments dictate the praise that comes out of our mouth and out of our spirit. Tomorrow when I get to work, and listen, I don't have to, I, I work here with some amazing people, but tomorrow when you get to work, how about we just declare how good God is when we get there? And every time we have an opportunity that we could look at the negative that surrounds us, how about we say, God, I see this thing that's around me, but I'm going to talk about how good you are in me, how good you are to me. I, I, you don't have to see the armies that surround. I can see the army that's within, and that is the Holy Spirit guiding our lives. So there's a power in praise. And if you want to break up that heaviness in your spirit, you're going to have to learn how to declare the goodness of God, even when all you can see is the armies of the enemy. Isaiah 61.3 says this. It says, The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to provide for them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. So it's talking about the Holy Spirit in the midst of mourning and loss. But this is the part that I want you to see right here. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And the reason I want you to see this is that means that we have to intentionally put on praise. See, some of us wait for praise to fall on us. But, but the, when we look at it in the original, it talks about a garment of praise. That means we have to intentionally put on our praise. See, some of us think we're going to fall face first in it. Some of us think things are going to get good enough around us that it's just going to make us want to praise. But when we look at the scripture, it says we have to put on the garment of praise. But why does the garment of praise exist? For the spirit of heaviness. Which means heaviness is going to come and the antidote to your heaviness is your praise. So you want to know how to get through the heaviness? Start the praise. You want to know how to get through when things get tough? Begin to declare the goodness of God even in your circumstances. You want to know how to make it through all the rough patches that come to you? You have to declare the goodness of God in the midst of the rough patches. It goes on to say this, that they might be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. In other words, that as we put on the garment of praise, as the Holy Spirit encounters us in our mourning, as we overcome the spirit of heaviness, what happens is we become trees of righteousness. That means we become deep-rooted pillars of righteousness that represents God, right? Why? So that he would be glorified even in the midst of our pain. See, some of us think that there's no way God could get glory out of what I'm going through. Oh, he absolutely can when you become a pillar of righteousness. That even when things go bad around you, you cling to the one that can sustain you in the middle of it. And we literally start to speak out of our mouth how good God is. Even, listen to me, even if in that moment you don't know if you believe it yourself. 
Let's declare the goodness of God, the power of our praise, right? I wrote this down your next, on your notes there. Praise doesn't change our position. It changes our perspective. Listen, praise may not change your circumstances. It's going to change how you look at them. Praise may not change that your kids are knuckleheads. It'll just change how you look at them. Come on, somebody. Like, praise may not change the fact that no one in Pensacola uses their blinker, right? But it'll change your perspective, okay? So, like, thank God that they didn't hit me when they merged into my lane. Come on, somebody. Like, so, but in your reality, listen, change may not, praise may not change the fact that you got that doctor's report, but it can change your perspective. Like, change may, praise may not change the fact that you got that note on your house, but it can change your perspective. Praise may not change the fact that your boss came to you and you got that bad review and you may be losing your job, but it can change your perspective that regardless of the doctor, regardless of the house, regardless of the job, the word says that he will supply all of my needs. And since he'll supply all my needs, I get to step with faith and with praise, knowing that praise helps remove that heaviness that comes when circumstances get crazy around me. And so we have to recognize the power of our praise. Colossians 3, 2 says this. It says, set your minds on things that are above, not things that are on earth. That means when things get crazy, let's look to heaven where God is. And not look at the things around us where we are. Because he's moving on our behalf even when we don't see it. Number two, the power of purity. The power of purity. There is a blessing that comes from character and integrity and righteousness. And I think we're living in a generation, we're in a generation of people that don't know what integrity even looks like or character to do what they said they were gonna do, right? Like to, to, a lot, to young people nowadays, character is what they play on their video game. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like there's a power that comes from purity. First Corinthians 9, 24 through 25 says this. It says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. But here's the thing, guys. Oftentimes in our life, we start doing all the things that don't matter, but we miss the things that do. And so we start to work as hard as we can at X, Y, and Z, and, and we start to become this person, and we start to obtain these achievements so that we can climb the corporate ladder or so that we can get this job we've been aiming for, so that we can become this, so we can do that. And we start to obtain all the earthly things, but we lose track of the integrity and the righteousness that has to rule in our life. There has to be a level of, of godliness and purity in our life, in our motives. Because listen to me, guys, you can accomplish everything in your life that you can accomplish and never get to where God wants you to get. But if you'll operate with integrity and character, if you'll be different than the people on your job that don't act godly, if you'll be different, it may look like you're not going to get the blessing. Someone comes to you and says, listen, if, if you'll just lie, you can be this. And you say, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to keep my character. I'm going to keep my integrity. I'm going to keep my purity. And when you do that, God can advance you faster than that person that gave you the ultimatum. Stay connected to your purity because your purity will get you to your purpose faster. 
master, right? Even so much so that this, uh, the line in your notes that says purity is the engine that drives purpose. Purity is the engine that drives your purpose. What God wants to do with you is 100% dependent on your character to do it with godly intentions, godly motives, and with a godly character. I remember my grandpa, Pastor Dan's father, one of the most godly men I've ever seen in my entire life. This happened before I was born, but I always remember the story. It was a way that my father used to teach me about character. He, was in a fa- he worked in a factory most of his life, and, and he was running a machine that had a big saw, and something happened, and he had to shut the uh, had to shut the machine down, but when he did, he fell, and, and the saw actually started to cut into the back of his head. And a buddy at the factory hit the emergency stop button and shut the whole factory down, and if he had hit it two seconds later, it would have decapitated my grandfather. And what happened is, is years later, it developed a tumor and, and a number of, uh, of other health issues for my grandfather, and the, the insurance person came in, and he said, I need you to sign this form. And if you'll sign this form, if you'll sign this form, you'll get 100% compensation, and you won't have to worry about anything. And my grandfather said, yeah, but it's a lie. It was my fault that I fell on that belt. And they said, yeah, but if you'll sign the form, <laughs> you'll get 100% financial compensation. And my grandpa pushed the form away and said, I won't lie to get money. I would rather have favor. And he didn't get any of the money. But what happened is right after that, it looked like they were going to lose, my grandma and grandpa were going to lose their house. And when the word got out, because my grandfather always lived a life of godly character, so much that he would bring homeless people into his house and teenagers into his home that were struggling. They got kicked out of their house. They were high on drugs. And, and this one girl shot a, uh, shot a hole in the ceiling of their house with a 12-gauge, high on stuff. And like, he, he constantly did that, but all of them started living godly life. He discipled them. He nurtured them, him and my grandma. And they, he nurtured them. And so they found out that he was about to lose his house. And in one month, they sent in all the money and paid off my grandparents' house. Listen to me, folks. You can try to do it on your own without character or you can do it God's way with it. And I promise you, you'll always end up better when you do it with God's purity in mind. Why? Because your circumstances don't have to control you when you have righteousness to carry you through it. The heaviness can go away when we know we're walking where God wants us. Come on, somebody, right? So let's stick with purity. Acts 20, 24 says this. I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Then number three is the power of prayer. The power of prayer. Right, and, and with the power of prayer, we recognize that one of the key ways, so one of the ways we remove heaviness is by praising God in the midst of our pain. We declare the goodness of God even though our circumstances haven't changed. The second way is we maintain the purity of God, character, integrity, and righteousness. That as we walk through what we're walking through, we see God moving on our behalf. And then number three is the power of prayer breaks up our heaviness. The power of prayer. A prayer, Psalms 55, says this, 
the Lord says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. How many guys need some sustaining? Come on, how many guys going through some rough patches where you're saying, God, I just need you to hold me, to carry me, to walk with me, right? So he will sustain you. He will never let who be shaken? The righteous be shaken, which is why purity matters. Some of us want to know why our world's going in chaos, but we're not maintaining the purity to be righteous. But if the righteous are never forsaken, then we need to walk in righteousness so that we cannot be shaken. But we don't get shocked when we're shaken when we're not walking in righteousness. Okay, I'm going to rewatch that later because y'all, I can see some of y'all are just. <laughs> so we walk with the Lord, right? And so I, I'm, today, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to do something today. I'm gonna give someone the opportunity to have $100. Who's interested? Anyone interested? Come on, let's go. Some of y'all gotta be quicker. Some of y'all, you should have ate the donuts. Should have got the sugar in your system. All right, come stand right here. You're a big dude. You might actually be able to win this. <clears throat> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna give Jeremiah a chance to win $100. All right, you guys with me today? So here's what you want. I want you to hold your hand. All right, scoot, scoot over just a little bit. I want you to hit that table. All right, right there is good. I want you to hold your arm out and close your eyes. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put $100 in your hand. And if you can hold it out in front of you for three minutes, right, without letting your arm drop at all, you can have it. That sound easy enough, right guys? That's not like, that's cake, right? That, like no, some of y'all are like, let me do that, right? All right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you $100 and you're gonna hold it out in the air for three minutes. Don't let it don't let it fall now. You can open your eyes if you want. All right. So I gave him a hundred dollars to hold, right? You guys with me? <laughs> it's heavy, y'all. I ain't gonna lie. It's heavy, right? You're shaking some. You good? Three, you got you only got two minutes and forty seconds left. Are you gonna be able to do it? We'll see. Yeah, we're gonna see. All right. So here's what, here's the, uh, while he's, <laughs> while he's holding it, he's, yeah, he's timing. So, <laughs> so here's the deal. So the Lord has set aside in his sovereignty things for us to endure. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try to preach while this is going on. You got it? You're dropping, you're dropping. <laughs> Come on, give it up for him, give it up for him. Can you do it? You drop it. <laughs> I think you lost. I think you, well, it's kind of up. <laughs> Give me that. Go ahead, go sit down, brother. I, I took a risk, you know, because you don't know how strong somebody is, so you just got to hope for the best. Here's what I want you guys to see today as we wrap this up. In God's sovereignty, and in a sinful world, right? How many guys, the world's messed up. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they set a stage that sin and now in the world. God is sovereign over all things, yet in his infinite power allows some things to happen. And here we are. For some of you, you can turn right around and you're face to face with your circumstances. For some of you, you've weaved in and out of bad ones a little bit in your life. Here's what I know though, that God allows us to endure things 
in our life. Some of it is to build our character and some of it is just so that in the end, we don't understand it while we're in the middle of it. In the middle of it, we're crying out, God going, why have you allowed me to be here? What am I going through? What is the purpose in this? And, And sometimes, honestly, we feel all alone and we feel like God forgot about us. But the heaviness of our circumstances doesn't dictate the goodness of God. God is good even when things are bad. And I wanna try to help some of you today. So stick with me for just a second because what is happening is God has set aside for us an amount of burden that we carry, but we get to dictate how we carry it. And so what happens is as we navigate life and as circumstances come and as they get difficult and as they get hard and and we get asked to hold this thing out in front of us and we say, God, it's getting so heavy. And God is saying, I know because I never asked you to carry it that way. I asked you to carry it this way. And if if you'll take the weight, if you'll take the heaviness, if you'll take how bad it feels, if you'll take the hurt and if you'll take how hard and if you'll take your praying not and if you'll take your car rides where you're screaming to me and instead of carrying the heaviness, I'll trade you the heaviness for a light burden. I'm not gonna change the value. I'm not gonna change what it means. I'm not even gonna change how bad it's gonna be. I'm not gonna change what the end is gonna look like. I'm gonna change what it means to carry it because I'm gonna trade your heavy load for a light burden burden. In Matthew, Matthew 11, 28 through 30, it says this. Go ahead and put it up there, guys. It says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, which means come to me, all of you who are holding your heaviness in your hands, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and I'm lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Why? This is what I want you to get. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Some of us are choosing to hold on to the heaviness and our prayer life sounds like, God, I don't know if I can do this any longer. And he's saying, I know you can't. Just give that to me and I'll give you this. You don't have to carry that alone. I'll trade you your heaviness for something that's light. Because he didn't say the yoke is easy. And he didn't say the burden will be light. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He didn't say you wouldn't have a yoke to bear. He didn't say you wouldn't have a burden to carry. He said, I'll trade you your heaviness for the joy that can come through the Holy Spirit. I'll trade you the weight. I'll carry you when you can't carry anymore. And we're looking to God saying, I can't hold this anymore. And he's saying, I know you can't, give it to me and I'll give you something lighter to carry. And today, some of you are in here and you're going, God, I don't know how I, I just can't keep going. He's saying, I know you can't because I never made you to carry it. And in our bitterness and for some of us in our lack of faith in God because he didn't come through last time, We're making ourselves, just like the guy at the airport, we're making those who are insufficient carry what they're not sufficient to carry. Can I tell you something today? Let God have your heaviness because you are never meant to carry it anyways. Some of you in here today, you are tired. I once heard a quote that said, talking about people who are 
always tired. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm just tired. If you're always tired, you lack the humility to acknowledge the real problem. Today, let's stop being tired and let's start giving our heaviness to God. Why? This last one before we close. We overestimate our power when we underestimate our surrender. It's time that you surrender your burdens to the Lord. So in praise, we remove heaviness. In purity, we remove heaviness. And in prayer, we remove heaviness. Why? So that we, let's walk lighter today. The message title for today is lightening the load. And how many guys are ready to lighten the load on our spirits and see God do amazing things in our life, amen? Let's put our hands together for Jesus this morning as we pray. Father, we thank you. God, I thank you that you've, you've, you've traded, God, our, our spirit of heaviness for a garment of praise. God, I thank you that you've taken that which seemed like so much, God, and you've taken it from us. Or at least you're here to do that. And if you're in this room, and that's you. I, I didn't even do this in the first service, but I just feel like it's, this is the time for you today. Some of you are in here and you've been carrying the burden and you've been carrying the heaviness and you've been carrying the load and you need God just to take some of this weight off of you. Whether it's a family member who's stressing you out, maybe it's something at work. Maybe you feel like you're about to lose your house. Maybe you got a doctor's report. Maybe, listen, I'm not, I'm, I'm here to tell you that God will do everything that he will do and prayer matters, all of those things. But I do know that in the midst of carrying the burden, and he can lighten your load. And if that's you today, you're saying, God, I just need you to lighten my load. I need to give this to you and I need to let you carry it and I don't wanna carry it anymore. And I'm not gonna ask you to do anything other than right where you sit. I just want you to lift both hands and I wanna pray for you today. Father, I just pray for everyone whose hands are lifted, God, even those that are watching us online. Father, they're saying that the load is heavy and it's more than I can carry. It's more than I can bear. And I've been carrying it for so long that I'm tired and I'm fatigued and I don't know, I don't even know how I'm gonna make it through tomorrow because I'm so tired from today. God, I pray that you breathe a new life of the Holy Spirit into those who have gotten weary and tired in the journey of faith. God, that you would declare the goodness, Father. Father, I, I pray right now, Lord, that out of their mouth, praise God would start to come forth where they would not see everything around them as it is, but Father, that we would see things as you see things. We would declare things as if they were even though they are not. That God, I pray right now that joy and peace, God, become a revelation to your people whose hands are lifted in this place and that all things, God, would come together in their heart and in their spirit, Father, that we know you're working all things for the good of those who love you, Father. So we give our burdens to you. Our lost children, we give them to you. Our lost family members, we give them to you. Our jobs, we give them to you. Sicknesses and diseases, we give them to you. God, those who have hurt us, we give them to you, Father. God, those financial worries, we give them to you. Employment worries, we give them to you, God. Struggles in life, we give them to you, Father. We surrender to you all that we have so that you'll take control. We thank you in Jesus' name, we surrender. Whether your head's bowed and your eyes closed today, if you're here and you say, Pastor, I, I want God to take my heaviness. I want him to take this load. But as he does that, I, I wanna surrender my life to him. I know he can take the heaviness away, 
But I don't just need him to take something away. I need him to put something in. The beauty of the gospel is this, that when Jesus went to the cross, he died, but he died for our sins. I have messed up and you have messed up and we have sin in our life. And that sin separates us from God, but Jesus came on the scene. And when he went to the cross, he went to the cross. And when he died, he paid for our sins that we couldn't pay for ourselves. And today, if you want Jesus to take control of your life and you want to surrender to him, it's not difficult for you, but it was so hard for him. It's easy today. All you have to do, the Bible says, is we repent of our sins. That doesn't mean to confess just to confess. It means that we turn away from that life and we pursue Jesus with everything that we have. So we repent of our sins, but then we put our faith in Jesus. As we put our faith in the Lord, he is gracious and forgives us of our sins. And today, if you're saying, that's me, pastor, I wanna give my life to Jesus. I wanna be saved. I wanna know that my eternity has heaven in it and I wanna give him my everything. I wanna follow him today. If that's you, I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna point you out. I'm not gonna come to you. I wanna pray for you today. And I wanna agree that Jesus is taking control of your life. And if that's you, would you raise your hand right where you sit? I want Jesus to take control. Once you, God bless you, God bless you. Once you put it up, you can put it down. I told you, I'm not gonna embarrass you. I just wanna pray for you today. Is there more that says, I want Jesus to take control, pastor. I'm tired of trying to do it my way. God bless you. God bless you. I'm tired of trying to do it my way. I'm ready to do it God's way today. If you're watching us online right now, we're here for you as well. Listen, church, let's do this. We're going to pray a prayer together. And as we declare this with our mouth, we're going to believe it in our heart. So if you raised your hand or you didn't, but you say, I want to give my life to Jesus today, we want you to pray this prayer. And the whole church is going to pray it with you. So you're not praying by yourself. All right. So let's pray together, church. Say, dear Jesus, Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross. And I believe that you rose three days later. Through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I want to follow you forever put my life back together. I surrender to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that perhaps for the very first time. Man, we celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome.